Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the DVC Show, coming to you from the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined at the table this week by my good friends from DVCResaleMarket.com, Ms. Jody Gross. Hello. From DVCRentalStore.com, Mr. Paul Krieger. Hey, everybody. From MoneraFinancial.com, Ms. Amy Krieger. Hello. And back in the production nook, our producer for this show, Mr. John Sakari. And who doesn't want to be on mic, apparently, because his mic is about six miles away from him. <laughs> um, and uh, just a reminder, this show, along with all of our DVC content, brought to you by the world of DVC, which are the companies I just mentioned, DVCResaleMarket.com. If you'd like to purchase a DVC resale contract, DVCRentalStore.com, where you can rent DVC points or rent out your DVC points if you're not going to use them. Make some money. Uh, and MoneraFinancial.com, where you can finance your next DVC resale purchase. So if you like our content, you like our shows, you like the stuff we do, please show your support by giving your business to our sponsors. Um, okay, this week we want to do some updates and news about what's going on in DVC world, world of DVC. <laughs> And uh, first up, some uh, permits, Paul, that gave us some idea uh, on Polynesian Tower that gave us some idea of what we might expect. Yeah, so um, this whole idea of the new Polynesian Disney Vacation Club Tower is still in its infancy. So for those of you unfamiliar, they have agreed to build a new tower at Disney's Polynesian Villas and Bungalows um, that will have a bunch of new rooms. We're expecting deluxe studios, one bedrooms and two bedrooms, which are desperately needed at the Polynesian, maybe a grand villa or two. It's hard to tell. We don't have that information yet. So for the longest time, we were going off of a single piece of concept art for this resort. Which was basically reflections. <laughs> yeah. Um Move to the Polynesian. Yeah, I I still vow that someone somewhere and and if you're the person, just just reach out to me and, and let me know that this to, just to validate this thought. But I swear that they took the took the reflections idea, called up the 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 designers and said, hey, can you just make it fit into the Polynesian area um, <laughs> and and throw a couple little uh, palm trees in there here and there and uh, and and make it make it a little more Polynesian friendly, but. Uh, we did see that the first uh, permits were filed for the construction site at the Polynesian. So at least that means they're not messing around. They're serious about this and they're going to get started pretty soon. Um, the building does sort of just wedge its way in there in between the Polynesian and the Grand Floridian. Oh, and yeah. uh, there's not a whole lot of room to spare. It's, mm. it's really close to the existing hotel of the Polynesian. And looking at like the swimming pool, the... Three hotel buildings or long ha the long houses um, are getting new pool views. So, <laughs> <laughs> congratulations! <laughs> um, but yeah, so it really wedges itself in there between the current long houses of the Polynesian as well as the wedding pavilion, which um, is an interesting dynamic. Um, just from a construction standpoint, of you're getting married, but there's jackhammering going on in the background uh, at the same time. So that'll be fun during the construction of this. But a joke uh, just ran through my head that I can't. <laughs> <laughs> it's a family show again. It's a family show. <laughs> It's a family show. What can I tell you? But so there's going to be a there's going to be a parking lot out in front of the building. You know, some people were wondering whether or not they would add a spot 
on the monorail, that's just going to be too much time and money. There, there doesn't look like there's going to be any additional monorail spots, so they're going to utilize the 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 current uh, Grand Ceremonial House for all of that. Um, it it does just sort of though carve between that beam. It is sort of long and narrow. Um, no real idea of how many rooms that this this building is going to have yet. You know, we've been speculating. You know, I think it's going to maybe maybe in the two hundred to two hundred and fifty range. But you know, again, that's just sort of thinking. Well, if you're going to build something and go through this mass, massive construction, you're going to at least want to have that many rooms associated with it. Definitely confirmed that we are getting a new pool as part of this, which is going to be much needed. No news on restaurants or anything like that. So again, we're left with the single picture that we have, which we think maybe indicates that there's going to be a lounge and a couple restaurants or something like that added as well. But um, definitely excited for this this edition. You know, uh, Amy and I have already talked. You know, as long as we get our current contracts paid off, we we might buy in at the new Polynesian Villas. So, Adonitis already. Yeah, really. <laughs> well, uh, that's why they like to announce these things because it gets people mm, primed. Yes, it does. Um, I so I do. I'm really excited about it. I really do want some points at this new resort. I know that there's a lot of um, a lot of like going back and forth some members are a little bit upset that you know it's going to change the landscape of the polynesian the polynesian with the longhouses it's always kept sort of a low profile and so now we're adding in this tower you mean like like we have a tower riviera and and uh grandestino and it is going to change things up a bit um and i understand that is a valid concern so i'm trying to give them the benefit of the doubt you know the grandestino is a beautiful um building the riviera is beautiful so i'm excited i think that it could be really done well um but i do hope that they add um some quick service table service restaurants because i do think that the infrastructure at the polynesian is kind of at a breaking point um when you go into the current lobby the great ceremonial house you know, there's always a lot of people waiting for their reservation at Ohana. Um, Kona is busy. You know, those restaurants are already um, kind of at a large capacity. And so we need to kind of, with this new building and new villas and new groups of people that are going to be staying there, I hope that they add some more dining. They, they have to. Yeah. They absolutely have to. I can't imagine them opening this no. tower and not adding... At yeah. least one more restaurant. I hope it's more than one. I though. hope it is too, yeah. but we'll see. Yeah. Transportation is really what I'm. I'm a little bit curious about because you know, um, the the Grand Floridian Villas have always not not just Grand Floridian Villas, but Grand Floridian Gel- General has sort of always been um, the low man on the totem pole when it comes to the monorail. Because if you're trying to board the monorail from Grand Floridian at a peak time, you're the last stop on the line. It's already gone to Bay Lake Tower and picked up those people. It's already gone to the TTC and picked up people there. And now it's going to pick up people at the Polynesian. I mean, a lot of times I, we've been to the we've been to the Grand Floridian and there's not been room on that monorail. So it's going to be interesting to see just adding this many more bodies. It's really going to put more stress on the monorail. I think they're going to have to add some sort of bus transportation from here, um, even to the Magic Kingdom, uh, because it just sounds like. 
that I don't know that there's the capacity on the monorail for that. Um, and you know, they did add the, the walking path and things like that, but it's just, when you look at adding this to this resort, you just, it's just that trickle down effect of what other services does it affect? Um, and so it'll be interesting to see sort of how they, they handle those concerns, whether they address them or not. Um, but to the longhouse concern, you know, the longhouses were great. You know, the buildings at, at Grand Floridian were great. Old Key West is one of the most beautiful resorts that they've built with Disney Vacation Club. We will never see resorts like that built again. You know, they they will never take up that much land. They they are always probably going to go with these concepts of with these towers, towers yeah, for sure. moving forward. Um, and it's not um, it's it yes, it's easier, but it just it, it makes more sense from a from an operational <laughs> standpoint as well. Build, there's more more airspace, more airspace <laughs> build up. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing is, is that we noticed that the parking lot is a little sparse looking in the permits filed, you know, in the photos. Um, so hopefully there's enough, you know, to satisfy the need that's there. But I don't know. I'm excited. We, we walked the area, um, a few weeks ago and, and there is a lot of space, um, in that where the Luau used to be, which is where it's, it's going to be built. And also, there's going to be some beautiful views. Um, the f- there's going to be fireworks views on the other side that faces the parking lot. You're going to be right looking at the monorail. So I think that there's probably not going to be a bad view in that tower. And just so I can say it again, um, you know, they've already started. We were on the monorail the other day. And also when we were there walking the resort, they've already put, a, put some ground markers of where underground utilities and stuff like that is. So, I mean... You wake up some morning to some jackhammering, you'll know they've started construction on the resort. And, you know, I do think that that is going to put a little bit of a damper on the path between the Grand Florian and the Polynesian. Because if you look at the permits, the path that gets you from one of those, that one resort to the other, it goes in front of the building now um, between the parking lot and the tower instead of along the beach. So I think that when they start, working on that they're going to have to close that so that might be something to look out for all right let's talk about um the announcement that they'll be doing a dvc member cruise in 2023 yeah this was very exciting news because we've not really heard about a dvc member cruise for quite some time um obviously through the pandemic and everything we had a lot of uh member cruises canceled postponed all that kind of fun stuff you know people that i think were planning to go to alaska two years ago or just now going this year and yeah. and so um it is exciting with the release of the summer 2023 disney cruise line schedule that coincided with the announcement that there will be a 2023 dvc member cruise um, and keep in mind that member cruises historically have been exclusive to dvc members they have all kinds of fun per- and things like that, all kinds of swag that they give to you on that voyage. Um, and all of that makes it extra fun and special. And it also shouldn't be confused with the exclusive sailing that they have upcoming on the Disney Wish. That was just basically something that they set up for Disney Vacation Club members, but it is not an actual member cruise. So um, none of us, I think, have ever been on a member cruise. I have but, not. Um, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully we get the opportunity to try one in the near future. Um, uh, this member cruise is going to be September 4th through the 8th, departing from Cape Canaveral. And it is on the brand new Disney Wish cruise ship. Um, and it'll go to um, Castaway Cay and Nassau. So your standard little four-night uh, Bahamas sailing there. Um, but 
definitely going to be cool to see all the, the fun stuff that they have on the member cruise. So um, more booking details will be coming in the near future on this. They've not released the dates that they'll start booking this or any of the details as to the requirements, um, point charts, and all of that kind of fun stuff. So, Yeah, I'm excited to see what – well, first of all, are they going to let us book in cash? Yeah. Or do we have to – use points for some of this because for the yeah. the wish as we were talking about earlier uh the wish cruise that they're doing you one person had to be staying yeah. on points you could use cash for the other one but yeah. you had to use at least yep. the points for one person and these are ridiculous point values yeah on these it's not worth what they're charging yeah typically typically speaking the points that they will try to charge you for any of these special adventures that they offer. So they also, I think they did a special opportunity when the Galactic Star Cruiser, Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser first launched, where you could, you could go on a voyage of that. And the point chance, point, point, point chance, (laughs) point charts on all of these um, are extremely inflated, almost twice the number of points as if you were to potentially rent out your points and pay cash for that same adventure. Yeah, it's more than double. When I did the math on the Star Cruiser, I think you think you could have bought like three people for the price if you rented your points at I did like $16 a point back then. Yeah. Yeah. And and especially for these things that are not they don't have any additional perks or any additional swag or benefits and stuff like that. Those opportunities, it just has never made sense to book those with points. Now, to each their own, if that's how you like to waste your points, fine by me. Um, but when it comes to this specific sailing, these DVC member cruises that are actually branded as such, historically speaking, you have been able to pay cash for those sailings. So, I hope, you know, all of us, I think, sitting here hope that that continues to be the case. But the trend right now has been that they're at least requiring one member to book with points. And they have to be direct points. And they have to be direct points. So you have to not be resale. You have to have qualified for those member benefits. I don't really know what we're calling it anymore. Normally, I would say blue card benefits, but we don't have membership cards anymore. That takes me back to that other show that we did. You know, bring back our membership cards. They were cool. Um, but uh, but yeah, so you've got to have enough points and have those direct member benefits to um, actually even book with cash. So, yeah. right. And rounding out some of the news, the return the alleged return <laughs> of the top of the world lounge yeah. at uh, Bay Lake Tower. I think if there is any question that has been asked the most on DVC fan or in any Disney Vacation Club forum over the past year, and if I had a dollar for every one uh, that we answered, uh, we'd be paying to go on the, the member cruise, um, is when is top of the world lounge reopening? And top of the world lounge uh, is reopening and that's all we know. Uh, basically, uh, they announced that uh, Top of the World is going to be reopening soon as a, they used reimagined experience within the verbiage, mm. which is very intriguing. Intriguing, could yeah. Could be scary. We don't know. Yeah, it could be scary, yes. <laughs> Normally, when Disney reimagines something, yeah. I'm figuring Imagineers are involved. In this case, bean counters from DBC <laughs> yes. are probably doing oh. the reimagining. <laughs> Um, so I'm, I'm not as hopeful that this will be a positive change, but 
I'm desperate to get up to that lounge again. Yeah. I miss it so much. Yeah. And in the past, it was available to all DVC members. Um, there was some confusion on, you know, if you had to be staying on property or not. It just really depended on who you spoke to. But all members were eligible to go up, take some guests up. And it just was a nice place. They had really good chocolate cake and great views of the fireworks. And, and yeah, we it's been very, very much missed. And when we yeah. say all members, I think it's important to state that that is direct and yes. resale. Um, you know, resale members, this is a perk that you do get or historically have gotten because it is actually written into the deed of the contract right. and it is as, as part of the POS uh, statement that they file for each resort. So, um, you know, that is something everyone can go to Top of the World Lounge. Um, hopefully that continues with this reimagined concept. I, I have to sort of guess, um, Pete, we went to the 4th of July celebration that they had a yeah. couple years ago. And I have to guess that in terms of reimagined, that's what they mean here is that we may be seeing some more paid events come to this space because they've seen some success with some of the other paid events that they've done in the past. So we might see maybe a schedule of paid events or maybe one day a week they're having a special event there, um, which... I don't know that I would object to, but you are taking away something from the bulk of members that, you know, maybe they bought into Bay Lake just for access to that lounge, or maybe they bought into DVC because they knew they could go to that lounge, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. Even when the when the 4th of July event happened, there were a lot of disgruntled members about the fact that... Oh, yeah, there know, was a lot. The, the booking process was all over the place. People that were even staying at Bay Lake were now, you know, people playing... For the 4th of July of all time, yeah, people plan years in advance yeah. to stay at Bay Lake and go up to the top of the World Lounge. And uh, we saw some people that night, um, you know, that were very um, unhappy that they were not able to go up to the lounge. But we also saw people going up to the lounge with coolers full of beer. Oh, gosh. <laughs> that too. Yeah, that, so, I don't know how that I, passed. I, uh, yeah, 4th of July, I think folks would have a very valid... Uh, concern if you're a member and you couldn't go up unless you paid for this specific event. I personally, you know, way back before COVID have gone to the top of the world lounge on a random Tuesday night. Maybe it was off season and that place was empty. Um, so I think if they want to do some fun events, hopefully they don't do it on mm -hmm. uh, 4th of July or Christmas or something where it's always going to be packed. But if they did it on a random Tuesday, Wednesday in September might not be a bad idea to bring some, some, you know, fun to the, to the yeah. top of the world lounge. I just, I know I've, I've surprisingly been there a few times where it was empty. There's three of us in there. Yeah. And I think that comment alone is really the answer to the question as to why it's not come back sooner is because if we go back to, you know, right when things were reopening, Bob Chapek went on the record of basically saying that they weren't going to bring something back or add something back unless it made a positive ROI yeah. in terms of the books. And so I think that's something that maybe they always struggled with, with top of the world lounge. And I wonder if that's why we're going to get this sort of. It's, de it's definitely going to have pent up demand though. When it first opened. Oh yeah. Like, can you imagine the first night for sure? Or, you know, the first week. Um, but yeah, you're right. When we were there, the last time we were there, um, it was, it was kind of empty, so maybe they're going to look for ways to bring more money, you know, spending to that space. Yeah. Yeah. No, we'll find out. Hopefully sooner rather than later. Yes. We will get some more information on that. But that, folks, is going to do it for this week's episode of our show. 
Hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you again next week with another episode of The DVC Show. Have a great week.